Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Victoria Routine. And I'm your host, Mikkel Snyder. Hey, Mikkel, what is up this week? It has been a while. How are you feeling? I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Uh, I played... So I took I took the week off, obviously, because that is something obviously. that I do as yeah. a human. And uh, according to the various uh, sites that allow you to like see your your playtime activity, I played for about like forty hours during that first week. Um, so you know, like working yeah. a job, except a game, which is fine. Yeah. It's fine. It was healthy. And then uh, yesterday, me and our editor in chief, Will Evans, we and four other people went into the raid. And we played for about 14 hours, uh, near continuously, trying to do the thing. And the thing was hard. And I went to bed at 2 a.m., and my cats woke me up at 6. Well, I appreciate both (laughs) your work ethic and your dedication and your passion. uh, And also the fact that you are still here, hanging out with me for the podcast. I I love hanging out with you. I love love our Sunday traditions of talking (laughs) about all of the weird nerdy news that has happened in this week. And I'm always excited to bring you another edition of Mad Libs! It's incredible how every week I still manage to find just enough to make a nice little quiz show for you. So, are you ready for this week's latest editions of Mad Libs of News Headlines? So ready. Let's do it. Excellent. This week has a theme, and this theme is Netflix, because Netflix did a lot of stuff this week. So, we got five things. Yeah. There's going to be one thing wrong in this sentence, or it's going to be a true or false, or something you answer, you know, a wide variety of things, but we have five of them. Ready to go? Yes, let's do it. Alright. There is one thing incorrect in this following statement. Okay. Jerry Seinfeld's Unfrosted, a film about the invention of toaster strudel, is moving forward at Netflix after receiving state tax credit in California. It is not toaster strudel, it is Pop-Tart! I see you saw you saw that they're making a pop dogs documentary. Yeah, I feel like we did a thing about weird food like things that were happening a while ago and there was like some weird sneaker thing. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was the time when we had the Hidden Valley like Crocs oh, yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. I think that episode this was also mentioned. So I do my brain is Good enough to remember things. Doing good this week. So, one for one. So, this is a question for you. So, okay. Deadline reports that the just the day after the Crown set was pillaged, this crime series from Netflix was also heisted as $330,000 worth of equipment was stolen. I, I have clarifying questions, but I'm just yes. taking a no, moment. No, no, no. Fa- Feel free to ask. Okay. This one's a hard one. I'm taking a moment just to appreciate, like, there is 
there is some anti-colonial part of me that is very happy about the crown <laughs> set being pillaged in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. also, you shouldn't steal people's stuff. And, like, this is not, like... We shouldn't do this as, as recourse. But it's kind of an entertaining idea, I guess. Okay, mm-hmm. so my question is, is this a documentary crime series or is this a fiction crime series? This is a fiction crime series. Okay, that didn't actually help. Crap. Okay. Um, <laughs> crime series. Ah, there's so many. That is the problem, is that there are so many crime series. I will I will hope narrow it down. Okay. By giving you the fact that it is a French crime series. Is it is it the black guy as the lead and then yep. he like yep. Yeah, and then That's he's like a con man and then yeah. he like turns into different people every single time. Yeah, you you got it. It, it it's Lupin. Lupin. I kept wanting to say Luther, and I was like, no, that's Idris Elba, BBC. <laughs> Slightly different. Slightly, Slightly different. different. And that's more cop procedural than crime yeah. series. But yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, that makes me sad. That's that's a good show. It is a good show. And it's, it's actively incredible that someone's able to steal that much <laughs> equipment. From the, the art, set. from the thief show? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The worst part is, is that if you like see the tweet, it has the actor's face on the cover image. Oh it's no! Like, he, he's not the one who stole the equipment, y'all. Right? I know it's his show, but like, this is why you need editors to yeah. to fact check these things. All right. Okay, I'm doing pretty two. good. Yeah. Two for two. So, true or false? Lindsay Lohan has struck a two-picture deal with Netflix, a move that Deadline is calling the Lohanaissance. So, things I know are that Lindsay Lohan has struck a two-picture deal with Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Deadline is calling it. I hope that this is a thing that can just happen without a name. I hope that it doesn't... Like, sure. like sometimes we don't need celebrity, you know, couple names. Sometimes we... D- I don't know that this needs to be, like, a phase of existence. And perhaps it shouldn't be. Both for for us as an audience, but also maybe for Lindsay Lohan, who I feel like doesn't do well with large amounts of pressure. <laughs> All of us fair. Is the statement true or false? Oh, just gen. Oh, well, it's two parts. The first part I know is true, so I guess I'm going to go with it's true. Yes, that is correct. Okay. Um, that is that's oh, what the Lohana. It's not just deadline too, but like there's a couple of sites calling this like the Lohana Why? Sauce, Don't do that. Just let let the woman be. I just I saw I saw that headline. She's like, you could have just said struck a two that yeah. picture deal with Netflix, and we would have been set and we would have been good. Absolutely. True or false? Okay. Netflix is releasing a new interactive game series called Trivia Crack based on the popular app of the same name. I have no idea. Um, false. I'm going to say it's called something different. You would be correct because the actual series is called Trivia Quest. <laughs> Why? Yeah, so so basically you, you play the mascot of Trivia Crack, but he's on a story adventure to rescue all of his friends, which are the different icons in Trivia Quack. 
So that's why it's called Trivia Quest, because you're questing across the world to save your friends. <laughs> okay. Is this one of those interactive, like, like when they did that Bear Grylls, like, interactive survival thing, and then you could click? It was like a, a choose-your-own-adventure and he just yeah, did yeah. both things, but then it was based on your answer. Is it like that? Uh, similar. It, it, it's more like a like trivia game that you would like play in your oh. PCs, where like you would like answer questions, and if you get them right, it progresses gotcha. the story, and you can like replay it to get like a better ending with a better score. Gotcha. So interesting. So four for four. Pressure's on. All right. All right. Ready for this last one. I am ready. All right. True or false? Netflix unexpectedly gained the rights to Cliff's Beast and has decided to release a six installment of a lesser-known sci-fi horror franchise. I don't know any of the things in this statement. <laughs> also, what am I supposed to do with this? Is there, like, is this one of those, like, there's one thing wrong? No, th- this is a true or false. Is oh. this a statement that is true oh. or a statement that I have fabricated in some way? no clue i'm gonna go with this totally seems like a thing netflix would do (laughs) i'll go with true unfortunately Uh, it's not but let me explain why okay yeah yeah what's up all right so uh earlier in the week uh, Netflix released a trailer for Cliss B6, uh, The Rise to the Top. It has like seven subtitles um, and a bunch of people involved in it. And it's this weird thing about like a group of adventurers climbing Mount Everest to fight winged dinosaurs, right? Uh, I'm sorry. Like a I'm minute sorry. trailer. Hold mm-hmm. on. Because mm-hmm. you just said that as though it were normal. This is yeah, a series. No, uh, uh, now we're on the sixth installment series so, so about people here, climbing Mount Everest to fight winged dinosaurs. So here, here's the twist. The trailer itself is for a franchise that doesn't exist. Okay. All right. The, the trailer is part of a Judd Apatow movie called The Bubble, which is about oh. a group of actors trying to make a movie during yes. the pandemic. Yes. Okay, I did not. I I have seen the things for the bubble, mm-hmm. and I did read a weird sentence about yes. <laughs> winged dinosaurs, and I was like, "This is maybe too much for me." That, that's, and it's probably too much for anyone, if we're being honest. Yeah, didn't <laughs> didn't really go further. Interesting. I like that. So they're kind of trying to do like a like a augmented reality kind of like pre pre-release thing for it yeah yeah it's a weird meta comedy where they're like promoting the thing inside the thing that they're promoting yeah. it's it's very weird it looks it looks bonkers um i mean i know. like that as a concept i also yeah. was not sure like with the title <laughs> cliff beasts if this was you know climbing things to fight beasts or if mm-hmm. this was like Roid Rage Rock Climbers? Because I feel I like it could have been series too. I would watch yeah. that series too. Um, but no, uh, not a real thing. 
they the the worst part about all of us is that when they released the trailer, they announced the release date was going to be April first. <laughs> yeah. So immediately, red flags yeah. went up everywhere, mm-hmm. and then a couple of days later, the bubble trailer came out, and it's like, oh, this Got is what's it. happening. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was a very good run of yeah. of your particular game show. <laughs> yeah, I feel I'm I'm happy with this. Yes, you should. Yes, you should. So. Let us move on to some manga, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Weird manga. I mean... I just, Oxymoron? I, yes. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. So, new Deadpool stuff. Specifically, a manga entitled Deadpool Samurai. I have many thoughts about this, but first off, the facts... The facts are that the series writer is Sanchiro Kasama, and the illustrator is Hikaru Uesugi. And there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in this series. But basically, it is the Deadpool that we know and love chilling in Tokyo because he accepted an offer from Iron Man to be on Avengers... Spinoff slash satellite group called the Samurai Squad. And while there, they, like, fight gods and have weird crossovers. Apparently there is an All Might from My Hero Academia crossover that's just gonna happen. Um, Yeah, it sounds like exactly the hijinks that Deadpool would get up to. Um, and I think that's what most of my thoughts revolve around is just that if Deadpool were a real person, this is totally <laughs> the kind of thing that he would do is be like, yeah, no, I don't want to be in comics anymore. Uh, that's old school. I want to be in a manga. Like, and I just want to be crazy in this thing. I want to do all of the tourist things in Japan. Um, it also kind of gives me Hitmonkey vibes, and I yeah, feel like that would be a g- cool crossover as well. But yeah, I'm excited for it. I think that it fits Deadpool's attitude generally. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm very entertained by this. Viz Media, which is the publisher for this particular series, released the 40-second trailer, and it looks... <laughs> It looks like a lot of fun, and Deadpool is kind of the perfect character to to leverage sort of like all of the weird like meta genre convention trope things, right? Mm-hmm. Like like you said, like if you were a real person, he would totally be sort of like, let's change up the medium. I've been in comics for too long, but let's try new things and let's let's fight a dinosaur. Like he he's gonna fight yeah. Godzilla at this rate. Like he, he, oh, you yeah. can see the trajectory. It's a straight line. It's great. Um, excited to see to see uh, All Might and Deadpool on the same page, and All Might being sort of like, "Who are you?" And then Deadpool being like, "I'm your biggest fan." And yeah, it would be great. And when I saw this, though, like my my first thought actually went to the freaking supernatural anime adaptation that happened a while back, and I love this like cross cultural exchange of like properties. Mm-hmm. And seeing how other other places interpret the same like basic concept, so I'm very very interested in Deadpool Samurai from like that perspective. Sort of like, 
what will they latch onto? What will they exploit from this character and all of the cool things that will happen there? Absolutely. I also just want to know, because, like, we know that Victoria is a food person, so Deadpool's thing (laughs) is chalupas, right? So, Mm -hmm. does he convert to onigiri? Ooh. I feel like yes. I feel like yes, too. But that is is a question that we will definitely need to read this manga to get an answer to. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a break and then come back with whatever you've got for our big segment. All right. We love Studio Ghibli here at this podcast. I don't think that's new news for anyone involved, but we do have new news about Studio Ghibli. Founded by Miyazaki, it's been a cultural touchstone for many a nerd and for many decades, and it has released monumentally important films, including My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, and Howl's Moving Castle. And to say nothing of Miyazaki constantly announcing that he has one more project in him before he retires from the arduous art form. And this week saw two very exciting developments for Studio Ghibli. The first, uh, J-Kids announcing Ghibli Fest 2022, where several of the movies I listed will, and more are getting a theatrical re-release in the original Japanese and the English subs with bonus exclusive content. You can check out uh, G-Kids for more information about uh, screenings near you. And then the second thing, which I'm very excited about and also very angry about because I cannot physically be in Japan right now, is that we got a first look at the stage adaptation of Spirited Away from director, designer, and puppeteer Toby Ole, who absolutely shook the internet with some of the most breathtaking shots as he and his team uh, showed the puppets and the character designs and all of the work they've been doing for this stage play adaptation. And it is an absolutely marvelous, pitch-perfect, uh, 3D adaptation of what is a very iconic film right now. And I, my jaw was on the floor looking at all of the pictures that, that they released for the stage play. Yeah, I'm so excited about all of these things. I think that one of the things about Ghibli for me, um, and I feel like this is pretty pretty universal. Not 100% universal, but I feel like Ghibli is one of those things that as any kind of creative, whether you're an artist or a maker or a cosplayer, whatever it may be, Ghibli films are super inspiring. Like you watch them and you're like, even if it's the, you know, 50th time you watched a movie, you're like, oh, I need to go and make this thing. Or like, I saw this cool, um, new like the cat bus right and you're like now i need to make some weird cat inspired thing and and i think that's something that there there are a few things for me that does you know i have a love of aardman but ghibli is the same way so seeing both of these things was really exciting i've never gone to a ghibli fest before so they kind of release like every weekend they'll release one or two of the films in the in select theaters and you can kind of go for the day. I haven't braved movie theaters in a really long time. 
It's really tempting, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like this might be it, and I feel like this also might be a thing that I am one of those people who has gone to movie theaters in cosplay many a time, <laughs> and I feel like this would be something where that would be kind of acceptable, and, and that would kind of, like, make masking however much or little you wanted to, however much or little made you feel comfortable, would be less kind of like conspicuous, I guess, because you could kind of do it in cosplay. So we'll see. We'll see if I figure out in the next couple of months a way to be okay with, you know, other human beings. Uh, So excited about the stage play. I agree with you. Going to see this uh, would be amazing. But yeah, I think um, when I saw the, the pictures, I think another thing that it reminded me of was when we got the first shots of the Lion King stage play eons ago. But the way that they are creating um, the, the, the creatures, right, is not like a typical <laughs> way that you would create the creatures. It's very highly stylized and very Ghibli. And I think that that is so cool that they didn't just make it kind of the easiest or the most efficient way or even the way that would be kind of make the most sense for a stage adaptation. They very much stayed true to the spirit of Ghibli and were like, no, we're going to work around it so that it looks like a Ghibli film on stage. And I think that's amazing. It it really does, though. I'm looking at the stills right now and it is just absolutely incredible mm-hmm. how they translated the very stylized thing that you mentioned about Ghibli and how they translated it so perfectly on stage. Like, I'm looking at n- no name? No, no, no face? Names? Like, no face? Yeah. Oh, God. It is. It is stunning how they were able to capture that. So good. Since we have some time, I just... One, one quick question for yeah. you. What is your favorite Ghibli film? And the one that would convince you to go to theaters in the case that it convinced you to go? Oh, that's tough. I know, I know. But I have to ask these hard-hitting questions as a generalist. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think probably Mononoke. Just because that was my first ever Ghibli. And it was like the first time that I had ever been living in a place that had cable. And so I was like, what are these things that are happening? I have more channels. What's going on? Um, and yeah, it was, there was a, a weird like lineup. And one of the things was Princess Mononoke. And it ran for like two weeks and I watched it every single night. And so, yeah. And then it was, it was quite a bit later that I figured out that this was like, not just a one-off that like studio, studio Ghibli existed, but yeah, Mononoke was definitely kind of my inroad. So I think probably that one. How about you? Uh, the same. My first one that I ever saw was actually Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. We got to watch that in high school for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then a couple years down the road, I, I got to see Princess Mononoke. I think it was like on, like Cartoon Network or some weird cable thing. And I absolutely fell in love with the animation, the th- thematics of it, the, the whole like 
conflict between technology and nature and how there's not actually a conflict unless you actively make it a conflict Mm -hmm. and how there is a way to coexist if you put in effort but no one wanted to put in effort so then you you kill a god and then bad things happen yeah and it's (laughs) it's the one it's one of the few movies that i've constantly seeing theaters whenever I have the opportunity to go to and there is an old revival theater the Tivoli in St. Louis that I went for like every year they would show Princess Mononoke for no real reason other than showing Princess Mononoke (laughs) and every year I would go and be utterly like like torn apart emotionally just by how beautiful that film is and everything about it. Every single time doesn't matter what number rewatch you're on. On that note, I think it's time to wrap up this week's episode with our not so padded and lightning round where we list off some headlines that we want you to be in the know about, but there isn't as much to talk about. So, here we go. In a move that we were all expecting, but are happy to get confirmation on, the mature parts of the MCU are finally coming to Disney+. Plus. Soon, you'll be able to see Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, The Punisher, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. via the mature section of the Disney Plus app. And yes, I know I didn't list everything that's coming over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney Plus is also getting an ad-supported version uh, later on in this year in order to get more people to subscribe to their absolutely gargantuan thing. So if you want Disney Plus and don't mind ads, you're in luck. Sandra O's latest film, Uma, released a stunning theatrical poster and chilling trailer as we saw brief glimpses of Sandra's character raising her daughter in a secluded form while also reckoning with the persistent specter of her own Ama, the Korean word for mother. And Bendergate is over. Variety reports that John DiMaggio has officially joined the show's Hulu revival of Futurama. All very excited to see him with the rest of the crew there. And finally, FX dropped the trailer for the hotly anticipated Atlanta Season 3 coming out March 24th. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in new news, feel free to tweet us at BlackNerdProblems with the hashtag TWINN. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture. I'm your host, Mikhail Snyder. And I'm your host, Victoria Vertin. And please remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll catch you next week. Bye.